and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's episode. I'm not a religious person, but I generally have faith in humans. And I generally believe that when you do good in the world, good comes back to you. My business mentor likes to point out that good karma comes back to you, though not necessarily from the same direction. That is, if I do well by people, I am treated in kind by the universe, but not always directly from the same people that I've helped. And of course, it's true that people let me down sometimes. Coming off of spring break with my kids, where I was constantly reminded or constantly having to remind myself rather that they are good humans and generally very kind to people, if not to each other. But in general, I choose to move through the world believing that when I do right by myself and others, good things happen. So why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing it up because there's a slightly different version of this belief that is a common fallacy amongst hardworking, kind-hearted, caring people pleasers, not limited to, but common amongst physicians that I talk to. And that faulty thinking goes something like this. I'm a hardworking, kind-hearted physician who's beloved by patients. When I ask for something, whether it's an FTE reduction or more staff assistance, I should be able to get it because I've worked so hard for so long and they'll want to say thank you for that. In other words, it's common for us to believe that our organizations, whether it's a clinic or a hospital or whatever, will reward us in the future for the way that we work ourselves now. This is not a conscious thought for most of us. I think many of us would be hard-pressed to express such an optimistic view if asked, but let me tell you where this turns up. You ask to cut your FTE, and you're told no. You ask to change your schedule, and you're told no. You ask, when is the clinic going to replace my MA who left six months ago? And you're met with a blank stare. There are many versions of this experience, but some of the underlying issues that pop up for us are the same. One, it's often hard for us to ask because part of our identity is wrapped up in being superhuman, independent, uh, you know, really good at hustling. Number two, when we hear no, we often make it mean that we're not considered to be worth it, that our requests and our needs are unimportant, even though it may have taken us a really long time to work up the courage to make the request in the first place. And we often don't ask for help until we're in really bad shape. Three, what results is often a feeling of defeat mixed with betrayal. No feels exceptionally painful to us. On the surface, it can be hard to understand the depth of our reaction, 
But in my experience, having been through this myself, as well as hearing from similar experiences from so many others, this hurt often really affects us. And so it's worth exploring what is going on, why we feel this way, and how to move forward, depending on your situation. So let's talk first about what is going on. So you've been working your butt off, probably for many years, possibly since childhood. You've endured or still endure a lot of sleeplessness over the years as you studied late, as you you know did or do overnight call. If you're a parent or a caregiver, you probably add in many nights of sleep miss taking care of needs at home. You work hard for your patients. You're a team player. Staff seek you out because you are always so nice. And at home, people trust that they always have what they need because of you. You know how hard you work and others know that they can count on you. And they may have no idea that A, they have no idea, excuse me, uh, how you do it all. Uh, B, how exhausted, frustrated, overwhelmed, or resentful you sometimes feel. And C, how awful you feel when you judge yourself for being resentful of your patient's kids or spouse. So if you throw in some unconscious beliefs, there are likely some beliefs in there as well about good karma coming around, brownie parts, brownie points being earned, and a special place for you cosmically since you sacrifice so much for others. Now, what happens when we take all of that background running around in your head for years? And you come to a place where you realize that you're drowning and you need help and you work up the nerve to ask for help. This quote unquote asking for help thing may feel like quote unquote weakness or come up with a lot of internal judgment because of years of conditioning leading us to believe that we are the givers of help, not the receivers of help. So you go to make your request and your emotions are all a swirl because of all this background. And if you're like me, you probably are giving yourself some kind of pep talk along the lines of, oh, they know how hard I work and I've never asked for anything. And I always say yes. And I volunteer and I see people late and I have amazing Prescani scores and I can't say no, because that would just be cruel. So we go in ready to ask with our emotional bases loaded. What's going on on the other side? Your clinic or your hospital is a business. Even if it is not for profit, it's a business. I say this without cynicism, or at least without too much cynicism, because businesses have to keep the lights on. And you, dear physician, are the person who makes money for your business. Again, even if you work in a community health center or a critical access hospital where, you know, there's not much money coming in, you're in the middle of nowhere, the care that we provide, the visits and services that we bill for are what brings in the income. We may be very removed from that process, or we could be really close to it. You may see RVUs or some kind of complexity score. You might see dollar amounts. Your take-home pay may be directly tied to the influx of dollars, or maybe you receive a salary um, and, you know, you may or may not have some kind of incentive, you know, type pay structure built in. Regardless, in the U.S. healthcare system and probably many other places in the world, billable physician hours are what brings in the cash. 
And so when you make your request, more likely than not, what the humans on the other side of the table see and what they have, you know, sort of top in their mind is a spreadsheet of figures. Whether or not these humans to whom you are making the request see you as a person, whether or not they see you as a hard worker or they care about you as an individual, if what you are asking for in terms of help requires more cost in terms of additional resources, such as a scribe or an MA, or if your request decreases revenue by cutting your FTE or decreasing your template in some way, there is a series of calculations going on. So let's step back from the situation for just a moment. And I want you to visualize what's happening. Imagine seeing yourself sitting there, knowing what you know about how hard you're working and where you're at, both emotionally and physically, giving your all to others and asking for help. And then look across the table at the person or persons who are seeing you, someone that they may know is highly capable, who makes it all look easy, but you know they have to pay attention to the numbers coming in and going out. And if you just imagine the scene for a moment, you can recognize that the emotional tone between the two sides is likely wildly mismatched. And so we make the request and we hear no. Now, our request may include information to the other party that we're struggling and that we need help or may not. We may be wanting to convey at least a little bit that we are not superhuman and that we cannot keep up with the pace, or we may leave that out entirely and assume that they just know. And whether or not we say it to them, because we are so good at hiding our own emotions, people often do not believe us when we say that we're struggling. It just doesn't appear to be true. But if we analyze a little deeper, here is a situation where we have allowed ourselves to be vulnerable. We've asked for help. We've made a request. And again, regardless of whether we communicated that we were struggling or not, for many of us, we probably feel incredibly vulnerable and exposed just asking for help. Acknowledging that we have too much on our plates can feel shameful. Even if we weren't the ones who decided that secure patient messaging was a good idea or that one human should be responsible for the health and well-being of a panel of a few thousand people, right? It can be really hard for us to ask for help. And when we have been vulnerable and we are met with a no, if we look at it from this angle, we can understand why it feels so hard. Asking was, for us, an act of courage, piled with years of feeling that we have been proving our worth and that we would be rewarded for it with assistance when we needed it. And on the other side of the table are people looking at numbers, again, with or without regard or understanding of how you're doing. If the organization's numbers aren't good, as is true in many places right now, or if they simply maybe aren't allowed to make changes in FTE or templates or Maybe, um, you know, maybe you're under coding and you're not getting full and fair credit for the work that you do. This also happens quite frequently. Um, they will decide that the math of your request of them agreeing to less of you doesn't work, right? 
they benefit from having more of your time in whatever capacity that means and spending less, right? Getting you to work as hard as you're working right now. That's how they benefit. That's not evil. That's simply the structure of how the American healthcare system is. And I am not saying that to say that it is right because I don't believe that's true. I just want to point out here that they are looking at it as a math problem. And I will argue here that most of the time, these humans do not understand how you are feeling inside because you are good at hiding how you feel behind the mask of professionalism. For them, this is not about emotions. This is not about how you're doing or your worth. It's about math. If this is something you've experienced, I want to pause here and send you some love. My fellow people pleasers, when we expose these elements and see how we got here, it can really strike a nerve. But I think it's important here because if we can learn to step back and see things from this perspective, a few really important things can shift for us. Number one, it is not my fault that others do not understand how I'm doing and why this request is so important. I have been well-trained to be scrappy and resourceful, to put other people's needs above my own and to hide how I feel. If you are in medicine, this is true for you. All of this is a perfect storm for what unfolded in that meeting where you made a request. Number two, I am not any less worthy of love, caring, attention, and help than I ever was, even if they said no. And I can use this as proof that I need to start to put my own needs on the list. An experience like this can show us that no one will care for us the way that we can care for ourselves. If I want to feel worthy and I need to think of myself as worthy over and over again so that I believe it, I can do that. And I will do that rather than continue to place my self-worth in the hands of other people, especially when they see me and my situation as a math problem for them. Again, I don't say that to demonize the other humans. I say that simply so that we can understand why there is a huge mismatch in what is going on on our side and what is going on on their side. Number three, the math of how I'm spending my time also isn't working. If I'm spending most of my waking hours caring for others at work and at home, expecting cosmic brownie points and not taking care of myself and my needs, something will eventually stop me. That something might be my own health. It might be me quitting in a huff. It might be me having an emotional meltdown. It might be a lawsuit or a divorce or any number of other things. But if I'm brave enough to see myself as worthy of my own love, time, care, and attention, just as worthy as the love, time, care, and attention that I give to others, I will realize that I need to make a shift. Even if I can't cut down on hours, even if I can't get more help from more staff members, I may need to let go of some responsibilities 
especially unpaid activities that I was voluntold for, right? Leading a committee or something like that. I may need to handle less at each visit, especially if I'm rooming my own patients because of staffing shortages. I have to make the math work because I have the same 24 hours as all of the other humans. And many of us work for many years trying to make believe that we have extra time and we don't. That time ends up coming out of us and it comes out of our sleep. It comes out of our self-care. It comes out of our time with friends and family and you know, just time for ourselves to just be and exist. We have to make the math work. I want you to imagine for a moment what it would feel like to walk into a request in a different light. Think into the future where you, dear physician, have figured out this whole self-care thing. And I'm not talking about bubble baths and massages, but actually setting boundaries, saying no, being willing to disappoint others, and accepting that you just can't do it all. And with that, being someone who prioritizes their own health and wellness as part of your job, because we can't be our best for others if we aren't being our best to ourselves. Imagine this version of you sitting down at the table and stating your needs, whether it's for more staff assistance or a template change or an FTE reduction. No longer are you putting your self-worth out on the table metaphorically asking for them to reflect your value back to you and acquiesce. You are simply a person making a request and a person with more self-agency who can accept their answer as data. That data may help you to make a decision about whether or not to stay in a situation that doesn't work for you. It may lead to a negotiation, in which case you're prepared to give examples of how you are a high contributor and would like them to reconsider their answer. Now, this meeting, this request, can be about math on both sides. The math of them calculating risks and benefits, and maybe more keenly aware that you have a new confidence about you that makes them think that you aren't bluffing. And the math of you deciding how to value what you bring to the table for yourself, weighing that against their reply or the offer that they make. Imagine that. This is possible for you. It's possible for you at any age, at any stage in your career, to step into your value, not just as a physician, but as a human, and to give yourself permission to decide that your worth is not tied to this job or even your profession. Your worth is innate. And as such, you can make decisions and requests, and you have permission to decide that an offer or a position or their response is not okay for you. It's not okay for you. You can make that decision. And yes, again, maybe negotiations are appropriate. Perhaps they can meet you in the middle. Maybe they can't. But if you believe in your value and you believe that goodness that you put out there comes back to you, but again, maybe not always directly from the people that you help, you can choose to walk away from situations that don't work for you. You can decide that you are putting in too much extra time and energy and scale back. 
you can choose to have your own back, to know what you need, and to trust yourself to be able to get it. I hope that this is helpful. Again, having been through these situations myself and talking with others who've gone through it, I know that this, these experiences are painful and they're demoralizing. But I hope you can see now why it happened this way if this has happened to you. And instead of spending precious energy riled up about it, you know, railing against the system or feeling utterly defeated, we can regroup. We can learn to prioritize ourselves and, and you know, reconnect with our own self-worth and start to value ourselves. We can dial down the people-pleasing and we can step into a new path knowing that we have our own back. My friends, this is what I have for you today. Um, (laughs) This is something that I feel very strongly about. Not sure if you can tell, but this is probably an episode that you may want to listen to a couple of times, especially if you've had some kind of version of this where you feel like you're worth and your value have been brought into question because of a request that didn't get made or, you know, perhaps having received, um, you know, a negative comment or some other situation where you are weighing your years of hard work and pouring everything into your job against, you know, a moment's worth of feedback from somebody who was having a bad day and, like I said, wrote a negative review or, you know, a a manager staring back at you and deciding that the math of your request doesn't work for them. It makes total sense that we would put so much emotional weight into it on our side and we can learn how to step out of that, not because our feelings are wrong, but simply because we need to decide that we're worthy. We need to decide that we value ourselves and come to the table in a different way. Okay. I really am going to stop this time. I hope you all have a great week. Um, Again, please listen to the episode again, if you want to take it a little deeper and sort of really wrap your brain around it. And please, of course, share it with someone who needs to hear it as well. Um, Thank you for your time and attention today. And until next week, take care. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.